Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Whole Lot of Nerd podcast for the week of April 5th, 2021. I hope everyone's doing good. I hope everyone is staying safe, staying healthy, you know, trying to ward off all the possible cabin fevers that we are still going through. I mean, it's been literally a year of this quarantine, but things are opening up here in California. Also other states. So little by little, there's movies, <laughs> actual movies going on in the theater and also on our streaming apps. So without further ado, let's jump into this. Now, last week, you know, there wasn't I didn't do a show last week only because really there wasn't much going on and really honestly was waiting for uh, the movie of the week, you could say. <laughs> and that movie this weekend was Kong versus... Wait, no, I'm saying it wrong. Why am I saying Kong? No, it's Godzilla versus Kong. Godzilla v. Kong. Oh, boy. <laughs> Where to start with this film? Now, look, I'm not one of the types to do the whole rehash of the plot of the movie. It's, it's a gorilla and an alligator fighting for dominance of the world you know who is the best kaiju i mean come on what what do you expect from a godzilla movie you're not expecting rosebud here you're expecting two big cgi movie monsters just battling out you know for an hour or something and seeing who wins you know but this movie, Godzilla vs. Kong, it was there was a lot of hype for it. I mean, it was literally like a, like you know, like a UFC fight or a boxing match. Everyone was anticipating this. You can you can just feel it, you know, coming up to um, Wednesday when it when it premiered. So now, little history on this, you know, not much, you know, not production history, but little history. So this movie came out in theaters. And on HBO Max now in theaters, uh, currently in in California and I, and I believe New York. There are still, um, I believe, twenty five percent capacity limits. So technically, I mean, technically, it's the only movie out right now. I mean, there are others, but this is the the biggest one. Uh, there was that one movie, Nobody or Mister Nobody. Uh, with Bill Oldenkirk, which I hear is actually very, very good. Um, it's just like John Wick, except with an old, older guy who is just trying to, just trying to live his life. But they bring him back, you know that kind of that kind of plot. But apparently, it's good. I haven't seen it yet. I'm waiting for it to hit, you know, VOD so I can check it out and uh, give my review on that. But from what I hear, it's fun. It's a fun you know, action, action packed movie. Um, and apparently Bob Odenkirk steals the scene because I mean, we know Bob Odenkirk from, you know, more comedic roles, his time in, uh, the Mr. Show program that was on HBO. Um, everyone knows him right now for, um, better call Saul. Uh, so this was different for him and apparently he did a good, he did really good, but apparently, so I digress. Um, Last Wednesday was the premiere date for Godzilla vs. Kong, not only in theaters, but also on HBO Max. 
And before I get to my thoughts on the film, today Variety reported that the film grossed domestically, only in the United States, and I believe Canada too. Domestic is a weird word, but let's just say only United States. It grossed to three, almost over three hundred fifty million dollars, something like that, and that's with uh, capacity limits. Um, also, with it being on a streaming service at the same time, so there have been a lot of concerns with, you know, this model that HBO is doing of release your movie in theaters, but also put it on the streaming app. Well. Given that number, and again, it's because of also the limitations, the capacity limitations, it did fucking good. So it made a profit, you can say, and it will make more of a profit once it, I believe next week or um, the middle of April, California, and I think New York too, they both will increase capacity limits from 25 to 50. So, I mean... People will go see movies, even though they're available on streaming sites, they will go see them. Um, The returns might not be so big as before, but I mean, let's just be realistic. There's been times people have, you know, waited for a movie to be bootlegged (laughs) and you would find it on your little hacked device and you would see it in shitty quality only because it wasn't one of those type of films you really wanted to see in a theater. You can wait. And ultimately, you st- some people still buy the, the Blu-ray. Some people still, you know, buy the digital copy when it's available. Whatever, you know. There's still money being made. So Hollywood's biggest fear of piracy, it's kind of not living up to its claim. So... I don't know. I mean, everyone keeps saying this is the future of of cinema, that you can see it at home. And technically, we are in a time where we can have projector screens and we can have a huge TV sets, surround sound. The only difference is, well, we're not in a pitch black, you know, auditorium, but the experience, although this, I mean, you can try to build your own little theater and have a taste of what you would have if you were going to your own Arclight or your own Cinemark or your own IMAX. But I think at the end and in the end of all, it's the experience and people will still, they'll still go see it in the theaters if they can and they'll still watch it on streaming if they want. Money won't be really lost. There will still be money to be made. It's just maybe not as much, but money will still be made. So if you're still in the in the green, you know, if you're in the black, technically, but your greed wants you to go a little higher than than the black. I mean, I mean, come on. Hollywood needs to kind of put itself in check and say, all right, well. We were successful. We did good. And I mean more so right now with this pandemic, but I think in a few months, things are going to be opening up. 
um, more so maybe in a few months movie theaters will be at 100% capacity I, I think that's maybe at the end of the year maybe December January that's when that's when that will happen that's my estimate but Hollywood calm down <laughs> you know just calm down you, you'll be fine you're, you're, you're still going to be raking in the money more than anybody could ever imagine so but this Kong sorry Godzilla versus Kong movie now I'm not going to do a play-by-play. I'll just tell you my my quick synopsis review impression of the film. Number one, it's fucking fun. It's a fun movie. I mean, you're watching Godzilla and you're watching Kong, not King, but just Kong, fight several times throughout this film and that's what you want that's what you, that's why you want you're paying your ticket if you want to see in a theater and that's why you're paying for your hbo max subscription and also that's why you're using your bandwidth to download the illegal copy probably <laughs> let's just face it that does happen but you're you're watching these two characters just beat the shit out of each other like if it feels a mortal combat game and you're just you're bloodlusting throughout every single thing that was great that was fantastic. But like every kaiju film, including Pacific Rim, we'll put that in there too. There's always a human element. And I think Pacific Rim had a good story, good human element, which made it interesting. You know, Godzilla movies have been lacking in that. And well, it still goes on here. I mean, there's shit that happens in this movie that you go, what? How is that possible? Wait, this is what what year is this? How's that how's that fucking possible? What technology has come about to bring that ability to travel that far and that fast? What have did Tesla finally invent this? Did they bring the future to the present? What the fuck? The plot is fucking stupid. Let's just face it. Let's just be honest. It's fucking stupid. But do I like the film? I do like the film because you're getting what you want. You're getting Godzilla to fight Kong. And you do get a winner. They actually I was I was assuming they're going to do a tie. Oh, it's going to be a tie. No, you definitely get a winner. I think it might be subjective, but it's pretty fucking clear who's the fucking winner. And I highly recommend you watch it. I mean, it's been a fucking year. Um, if you're going to go to the movie theaters, please be safe. And go watch this film. I mean, it's loud. It's fucking impressive. The CGI is impressive. I have not heard any reviewer talk shit about the CG. So that means something. I mean, normally you get, you get like you, like with Justice League, well, some of the CG is questionable in some areas and some of the action scenes, you can see there's little artificial particles going on. No, no one is talking nothing about this because apparently they took the time to make sure everything renders properly. And seriously, it's it shows. It shows, and I can only imagine that on the big screen, it shows even more that it's, pristine so definitely go watch it it's worth the fun time i mean if you're gonna 
watch it at home, you know, have a beer, smoke a J and laugh yourself silly because it's fucking ludicrous. But it's so much fucking fun. It is. It's a good time. It's a really good time. So I highly recommend it. So I don't really give a grading. So I'm not going to do grading skills like A, B, C, 5 out of 5, 10. Oh, screw that. I say just just watch it. It's really good. Real fun. Stupid plot, but fun. Definitely. Definitely worth uh, just to check out. Yeah, check it out. Um, I'm going to try my best not to talk about anything regarding Justice League. Because, I mean, the last few episodes, that's all I've been talking about. Justice League, Justice League, Justice League. So this week, we're not going to talk about Justice League. We're going to talk about Justice League. No, I'm joking. We're going to talk about the Suicide Squad. So Suicide Squad released a brand new trailer. Actually, the, the official trailer. And there's two trailers, actually. As of today, uh, again, April 5th, there's two trailers for Suicide Squad. The premiere trailer that came out blew everyone's mind. I mean... It, it set the tone all unlike it. I mean, it's James Gunn. So you do have that feeling of it's Guardians of, Guardians of the Galaxy. But for DC, you do get that a little bit, especially with his way of filmmaking is to use music, older music. So it, he syncs it up perfectly fine. But what you're getting, the cast of characters, um, it was I think his name is King Shark. That's that's hysterical. And especially since it's King Shark with a dad bod voiced by no none other than Rocky Balboa himself, Sylvester Stallone. That is hysterical. Now there was a Red Band trailer where and that one apparently broke the internet when it released because it made it broke a record and I guess in one day how many viewings it had on YouTube. But that one was really impressive because you get to see King Shark really do what you want. You know, his real, his real gravitas and woof, that movie's going to be bloody. It's going to be bloody. There's a lot of dick jokes in it and it is literally not a kid friendly movie. And that's great. To me, that's fantastic because it's, it's taking the property and keeping it. I mean, it's keeping it honest. These guys are losers or these guys are just the most corrupt individuals you can have. These are individuals or characters you're not supposed to really like or really care for. They're a suicide squad. So it means they're going to die. I mean, yes, Harley Quinn is there. She's a fan favorite. Um, Captain Boomerang, who's not really seen a lot in the, in the trailers. He's in there. Um but King Shark is going to be a fan favorite. I think people will be pissed if they king if they kill King Shark. That's going to piss off some people. Uh, Idris Elba, uh, Bloodshot, I believe. Yeah, Bloodshot. His character looks really cool. I would love to see him and Deadshot. Deadshot? Yeah, Deadshot. Uh, whatever. I would love to see him and Will Smith in the third Suicide, Suicide Squad film. That'd be fucking fantastic. Um, they're very similar in characters, though. That's the one thing. They're very similar. So I can only see them being more so like trying to outdo each other. Like, who's the alpha male in a sense? But that movie, um, 
it's gonna it's i think it's gonna be good it's gonna be fun um where that puts that film in the dc universe and all that well we know dc based off their fandom um event we know dc wanted to do multiverse so hey if suicide squad has their own little niche world which is technically part of Zack Snyder's world because in the very first Suicide Squad, Ben Affleck was Batman, so that's kind of through extension. I guess that means it's part of it. But if they spawn off, hey, fuck it. It works. Just give us good films. Give us good films and stick to your fucking word, WB. If you're going to be doing multiverse, really, really lean into that because... It's all there for you. Just it's all there for you to just do. We're not a lot of us DC fans are not expecting an MCU. You ruined that already. Especially with this Justice League. Ah fuck. I thought I well, I tried not to mention it, but I did. Oh well. Um All DC needs to do is just make sure they stick to their plan. Make good movies with good stories. Don't worry about connecting them. And then just let the director really shine and i hope that's the case i hope that's the case with um this film james gunn wouldn't allow a trailer park to to edit his film fuck no he will put in his contract that he gets final edit but any future stories hopefully hopefully they uh they are honored properly now Thanks to HBO Max, you know, gives you access to other other films and and shows and whatnot. And just this Sunday, this one documentary, an HBO documentary called Q Into the Storm ended. It's a six part uh, documentary. So six hours, you could say. And it's about the QAnon movement. I have to literally say that this that documentary is one of the most fascinating documentaries I have ever seen. Number one, and I'm not going to spoil anything on this. You, I really recommend you watch this documentary, especially if you're questioning how is it that these people, these, the, the, these QAnon fans, how did it all start? How did they get indoctrinated? How how (laughs) that's the that's the question is like how well this documentary kind of answers it it does kind of answer it and it also kind of answers who the fuck is q i did not know until i started watching this i did not know q was supposed to be a person i thought that was just the call the name of the fucking movement the q party or q q anon that's like anonymous but q anon q anonymous people who've followed this weird conspiracy theory from this group no i was fucking wrong it's a person named q who was posting on um a bulletin board all of these cryptic messages like if he's nostradamus that he was supposedly in league with uh, the the donald trump administration and he knew things that were gonna happen i mean literally bunch of bullshit bunch of bullshit and people fell for it 
what does that tell you about American uh, American society or American culture? Doesn't look good. It actually proves our education system has really failed us. That's what it really does. But that that documentary, highly recommend you watch it. From the first episode, once you're done with the first episode, you will be hooked. You will watch six hours of it. I watched four hours straight when I when I decided, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna check this out. There was four episodes out. I checked it out, and four hours later, I was like, "Fuck, when's the next one come out?" So good. So seriously, highly recommend you check it out. Seriously recommend it. Another non-comic book movie related stuff and not real news worthy stuff, you know. I had recently decided to watch, thanks again to HBO Max, and again, this is not a, you know, one could think this is not a HBO Max commercial. I'm just saying, fuck, I didn't have really have access to this before. So, because on HBO Max, they had the entire Rocky series, I said, you know what? I've only seen Rocky V. Let's check this out. Let's check it out. So, I did. And I gotta say, Fuck. God damn it. Why didn't I watch this movies, those movies sooner? My God. Okay. As many of you probably have already seen, you guys maybe know the how good the Rocky movies are. I really didn't know again because I my first Rocky film was Rocky V. The, the one with Tommy Gunn and the, the street fight. The, the street fight in, uh, in, in uh, Philadelphia. But... When I saw when I started watching this Rocky, the first Rocky, oh my God, what an amazing movie! Such a heartfelt movie, and it's just about this guy just trying to live up to his potential. He didn't want to win; he just wanted to live up to his potential. Rocky two continues on from from there. Just now that he is known to to being the guy who stood toe-to-toe with Apollo Creed when no one thought he could. Now he's just trying to make a living and no one wants to give him a shot. So it it made you see a, a realistic side of the boxing world where a lot of fighters at that time, maybe even still now, Unfortunately, they don't concentrate on the future. They concentrate on only the present and only their career at that present time and not think of what 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 about after. It's not really discussed. But in this movie, it's shown and it's heartbreaking. So heartbreaking. Um, Rocky three, uh, when he fights Mr. T, that one was interesting. Um, it was it was interesting, different. But interesting, and it was really good still. So for me, the first three Rocky films are fucking gold. The first two are top-notch. 10 out of 10 for both one and two. Three, well, I said I wouldn't do scores. <laughs> well, if anything, I think those are those two are perfect films, in a sense. Those are perfect films. Three, it's, it's a little, little wobbly, but still fucking great. Four, all right. You can see what the whole point was for that one. It was just, you know... Cold War, 80s, let's just top, you know, touch on the Cold War aspect of it. Use it it as a gimmick kind of thing. 
But it worked. It was all right. But Rocky V, oof. That one was pretty bad. To me, that one was of its time. It, it was trying to be hip for hip's sake, I thought. And then the last one, Rocky Balboa. That one was it was interesting because it just shows you just his one he wants just one last fight just one last time to to be the man he want he he thought he can always be he had lost his wife to due to um an illness he's running a restaurant and there's a monologue in that film when he's telling his son that no matter what life will keep beating you down but it's up to you to keep getting up and moving forward and that's how you get to where you'll be that is so inspirational very very inspirational and ultimately in the movie i mean spoiler alert i mean this movie's fucking old so spoiler i guess i mean he doesn't win but again it's kind of circling back to uh rocky one with apollo creed where all he had to do was just last because no one was gonna even the announcers in the fucking ring on hbo they were telling they were just telling jokes and that rocky will not survive this this is gonna be done in three rounds nope it went 10 rounds and rocky stood tall it was that was cool that was such a good film um i've seen creed but i'm gonna rewatch it and to complete this uh circle but those rocky films if you haven't seen them watch them watch them in that order watch them one through six you know rocky balboa being six watch them straight it's such good that's good cinema right there good good cinema um It's uh, it's interesting times. I'm just saying like that. I mean, we're we're all, we're here in California and Los Angeles specifically. We're close to being normal in a sense. You know, restaurants are opening up more, movie theaters are opening up more, but there's you know just there's waves. There's always gonna be a wave. So just try and say, be careful, everybody. Be safe. Wash your hands, like they keep saying. Keep wearing a mask. We're almost out. We're almost. There's there will never be normal again. People say they want normality. Well, that's the thing. Normality of what we knew in 2019 will not exist. Certain things are going to be different. We will just adjust. That's what people do. People adjust. So we'll adjust and we'll call that our new norm or our normality. But. In terms of, uh, you know, movies and and um, nerd things, you know, they're coming. They're coming around. Godzilla versus Kong was big proof of that, that people are anxious. They're, they can't wait. So the next film hitting theaters and HBO Max will be. Mortal Kombat at the end of the month, I believe. At the end of April, April 23rd, I believe. That's when it hits theaters and on HBO Max. So that will be the next one people are waiting for. Am I expecting to get in rolls, but fuck no. 
fuck, that movie's going to be crap. <laughs> I mean, the first Mortal Kombat movie, as it's nostalgic, but in in the, in the wrong way, like bad, so bad it's good kind of way. Mortal Kombat Annihilation was just fucking horrible. But it's still, you know, we still watch it because we want to see these characters. So for this Mortal Kombat movie, I don't know. We'll just have to see. I, I mean, it's the way these movies are. They're they're never they're never intended to live up to what we have in our mind of what the movie should be. As much as we want to see the arcade story, literally retold, you know, maybe scene for scene or or idea for idea, it'll never happen. I mean, we have a character, a new character named Cole. We don't know why, but apparently there's reasoning. He might be, who knows, this is just speculation. Apparently he's somehow connected to Scorpion because there's a scene in the trailer where he's looking himself in the, in the mirror and there's a glimpse of Scorpion or fire. So they're implying something there. We don't know what though, but we will find out on April 23rd. On HBO Max or in movie theaters. Whichever one you choose. <laughs> but. I will. Oh actually one more thing. Now. Another movie that will be in that same vein. Movie theater and on streaming. But this one will be Disney Plus. Will be Black Widow. Now the new trailer came out. Uh, announcing that. Marvel had been waiting for. The right time to really just say, all right, fine. Put it in the streaming app. We all knew it was going to be in the streaming app. That was never a doubt. We all knew. Especially with, with the fact that Marvel has a schedule that they have to keep. So for them to say, okay, well, we got to wait. Because the reason they waited, they waited so long is because this movie costs a lot to make. To only be shown on streaming, even though they're making their their uh, Disney fans pay $30 extra, is still not enough to recuperate the loss that would happen with Black Widow. So, given what we just saw with Godzilla vs. Kong, Black Widow, once that releases, and I believe it's in July... We'll be at probably 75%, maybe still 50, but maybe for 75% capacity in theaters. That movie will probably, I'm going to estimate 600 million that opening weekend. Every movie theater is going to have all their, the all their, all their theaters, all their rooms dedicated only to Black Widow. That's going to bring out the people. So they're going to do it. But there's going to be people who, who buy for $30. And that's perfectly fine too. But now. Disney has a shot of recuperating. And making that movie profitable. As opposed to. A month month or two ago. Where it would not have been. Profitable. And it would have been a total loss. But. What is this Black, Black Widow movie do? What, what is it supposed to be? Because I mean. Endgame. This is technically the start. This is the start of the new phase. So what does this movie do? I'm going to call it right now. At the end of the film, 
at the end of the film, we may not get that Black Widow is alive. No, that'll probably happen in the Loki show. When then there was a trailer of the Loki show, and there's one that came out today, but in the previous one, there is a glimpse of Black Widow, and I think based off this new trailer that apparently Loki has to correct the wrongs of the Avengers and messing up the timelines. Loki's going to fix the timeline and she is going to be alive at the end of the show. So at the end of the Black Widow movie, you're going to get a setup for the Loki show in regards to her ending up alive at the end of that show. That's my speculation. But we we'll see. We'll see. These movie these Marvel movies are coming fast. So I think as soon as the Black Widow movie hits, I think a week later we get the Loki show and off to the races we go. <laughs> well, I'm gonna leave it here. I've bored you enough. But we will definitely catch up again. The nerd sphere is spinning. And next week, hopefully, there'll be more to talk about. Stay safe. And as always, stay nerdy.